This is Mayo Clinic Talks, a curated weekly podcast for physicians and healthcare providers. I'm your host, Dr. Ishna Sharma, current bariatric, metabolic, and minimally invasive surgery fellow at Mayo Clinic's Rochester campus. Obesity has become a significant public health crisis in both the U.S. and around the world. Currently, metabolic and bariatric surgery is the most effective and longest-lasting treatment for obesity and may reduce a patient's risk of premature death by 30 to 50%. This includes procedures such as sleeve gastrectomy, which is currently the most commonly performed procedure, as well as gastric bypass and duodenal switch. In 2020, almost 200,000 patients across the U.S. underwent a bariatric surgical procedure. This episode will focus on the currently available bariatric metabolic surgical procedures and how primary care providers can help an obese adult patient who visits them in clinic navigate the surgical weight loss journey. This episode will concentrate on the surgical options, choosing between these options for patients, and how to care for a patient once they are underway in this journey. Today, we're joined by Dr. Omar Ghanem, a Mayo Clinic metabolic bariatric and foregut surgeon, as well as a prolific researcher with over 75 peer-reviewed publications, who's also my mentor and friend, who will help guide us in answering these questions and more. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Ghanem. Thank you, Dr. Sharma, for the introduction. So you meet a lot of patients in their weight loss journey. How do you approach the discussion with these patients when you first meet them? Yeah, again, thank you for the invite, and it's a pleasure to be here. Our program is designed in a way that we meet the patients a bit later in their weight loss journey as surgeons. But every time I meet a patient and before I start discussing the details of the surgery, I make sure to acknowledge the fact that they've done a lot of effort to be here. I make sure to tell them that they are choosing the right thing for their health. They are trying to regain their healthy life back. That's what really metabolic and bariatric surgery does. I assure them that this is not the easy way out and not to let the people around them convince them that this is the easy way out because a lot of our patients suffer from the stigma or against obesity and against bariatric surgery. So it is very important for them to know that this is not the easy way out. This is the healthy way out. They made a very brave decision in bringing their healthy life back and that's super important. I also share with them that obesity is a disease It is a disease that is associated with multiple other diseases, and this surgery is not being done for cosmetic reasons or physical appearance. This surgery is being done for them to get rid of this disease along with all the other diseases that come with obesity. These are all important things that get discussed with the patient. Another important thing that I share with my patients that the cause of obesity is not the purely due to the increased food intake and lack of exercise. While we encourage patients, of course, and in fact, this is part of the requirements as they go through the program to have increased exercise and activity, as well as enhance the quality of food they eat, increase their proteins, decrease their carbohydrate intake. But the causes of obesity are multifactorial. And also, I make sure to tell our patients, do not feel that you're responsible about where you are now. There's a lot of genetic factors, environmental factors, physiologic factors, hormonal. A lot of research being done now is on microbiome and how our gut microbes affect patients to have obesity or to suffer from obesity. So these are all important things that the patients suffering from obesity need to know about the disease for them to be able to be successful in the weight loss surgery program later. 
Thank you. That's an excellent point to bring up that we have to keep in mind obesity is a chronic disease and it's a very sensitive topic and we have to meet patients where they're at and before we even start discussing what therapies are available for them. So once you've met them where they're at, how do you decide what surgical option is best for a patient or how do you even discuss surgical options with patients? Absolutely. We have multiple surgical options, primary surgical options at Mayo Clinic. So we offer sleeve gastrectomy, we offer one gastric bypass, and I'll go in detail how each procedure is different than the other and how do I tailor this approach to each patient after discussing with them. We offer duodenal switch and we offer also the SADI or the modified duodenal switch here at Mayo as all as primary procedures. The most important thing to know before we go into these details that this is a shared decision-making between the bariatric work group, which involves psychologists, endocrinologists, dietitian, as well as the surgeon, but most importantly, the patient. I can think that the best procedure for this patient, for patient A, is going to be sleeve, but if the patient says, I don't want a sleeve gastrectomy, that's the right. As long as they understand the thought process we are offering and why and why not this procedure is good. But we cannot really force a patient to have one procedure versus the other. It's a shared decision making because a successful journey requires the patient to buy in and be convinced with the procedure we are offering. And that's why we spend a lot of time discussing the procedures what is the risk and the benefit? And the patient understand. I mean, they if unless they have a, like a hard no on a, one procedure versus the other for certain reasons, but we try to approach them and see why do they don't want procedure A versus procedure B, knowing that procedure B might be better for them. So again, shared decision-making is a top priority. The patient is involved in the decision-making process so that they understand what procedure they're getting and why they are getting this procedure versus the other. Now, when it comes to procedures, we know that sleeve is the most commonly performed procedure now in the United States. It accounts for about 60% of the procedures being done nationally and internationally, in fact. And part of it is because of the short operative time, the ease of the operation. There is no alteration in the anatomy. We just remove about 80% of the stomach, but we don't do any bowel shuffling. The sleeve is a great surgery, has great outcomes. Its weight loss outcomes are comparable to those of a gastric bypass. However, for example, the sleeve gastrectomy might not be the best procedure if a patient has bad reflux, as an example, or if sleeve requires a lot of compliance to make sure that the patient does not suffer from weight recurrence. So that's another thing that, for example, a patient might choose a bypass. Patients with diabetes do better with the bypass unless their diabetes is very, very advanced. Then sleeve and bypass are kind of equivalent, but patients with diabetes, mild or moderate diabetes, would do better with the bypass because the bypass has a very strong hormonal component that can help diabetes remission in these patients. I would say the weight loss outcomes between sleeve and bypass are very comparable. Complications in the sleeve are a bit less than those of a bypass, but both are very, very, very safe procedures. We are talking about the sleeve and the bypass being as safe as a gallbladder surgery or an appendix surgery. It is safer than a hysterectomy or a joint replacement. That's how safe bariatric surgery or metabolic surgery is currently. 
when I talk about complications comparatively, although the bypass has a bit of a higher complication rate, but still is a very safe procedure. When it comes to bypass patients, it's kind of like the gold standard operation because we know a lot about it since the 70s and 80s. But at the same time, not every patient is a candidate for bypass. Some patients have large abdominal wall hernias and manipulating bowel might not be the easiest thing. They might have Crohn's disease or they might have a history of smoking and they're going to be scared if they go back to smoking later, they'll get ulcers with the bypass. So, or they need to be on non-steroidal medication and SAIDs. So anti-inflammatories, these medications might not be the best if taken in the setting of a bypass. So these patients might be more candidates for having a sleeve gastrectomy, for example. Modified duodenal switch and duodenal switch are strong procedures. They work by a very strong, I would say, hormonal and hypoabsorptive effect. So it requires the really compliant patients. We reserve them for patients who have a BMI above 45 or 50. And we make sure that patients understand that this requires maximum compliance as the outcomes, uh, especially malnutrition, if they don't follow our recommendations, might get the patient into trouble. That's why we always make sure that the patient understand that these, although they lead to more weight loss, more diabetes resolution than the other procedures, but they require a very, very compliant patient. Thank you. That's an excellent summary of the current landscape of bariatric surgery. There's sleeve gastrectomy, gastric bypass, duodenal switch, and then the modified duodenal switch. For a PCP who sees a patient who's already had a bariatric surgery in the past and is now perhaps lost weight and plateauing or now beginning to regain weight, how should a PCP help guide a patient through perhaps a revisional procedure or even considering one? Absolutely. Dr. Sharma, before I move to this topic, I forgot to say that there is not one size fits all with the previous procedure. So each patient is different. Mm-hmm. I've had a husband and wife or a brother and sister or partners get different surgeries, although they eat the same food. They Because of their medical issues, their medical issues are different or because their anatomy is different. So there is not one size fits all for primary procedures. Same for patients who suffer from weight recurrence or weight relapse. Not all patients who suffer from weight relapse or weight recurrence are the same. It depends on the surgery they had. If there is any anatomical issue with that surgery that is leading to this weight recurrence. Also, what were the factors that led to this weight recurrence? We studied that. Our patients go through a very thorough workup when they come back with weight recurrence. and The reason is that we want to understand the reason why the surgery did not work as well with this patient. So we check their psychological status, if they had any stresses in their life. We make sure to help them from that aspect and then advise them on what are the potential things they need to do from activity, exercise, the type of food they're eating. We make sure they are compliant with the medications we're giving them. And then the management of that, again, obesity is a disease. So if we think about obesity as a disease, like cancer is a disease, some patients get cancer recurrence and some patients will get obesity recurrence. It's not a failure for the patient. It's not a failure for the procedure. A lot of times it's just the normal progression of the disease. If we monitor enough, a lot of patients might have, not a lot, in fact, some patients may have obesity recurrence after bariatric surgery. And To approach that, we have to understand the reasons and then tailor the management accordingly. 
Are we going to prescribe medications, anti-obesity medications? Are we going to change the lifestyle of the patient and what they're doing and what they're eating? Or are we going to offer a revisional procedure or altogether even? So it depends on how much weight recurrence they had, what were the reasons, what was the primary procedure? Is there an anatomical issue with the primary procedure that led, for example, a very dilated sleeve wasn't tailored appropriately or it dilated with time? Or is there a connection between the previous stomach and the new pouch in a gastric bypass where the length of the intestines that were bypassed too short? Many reasons. With our advanced technologies, with our advanced diagnostic modalities we have, we can understand what the issue is and then try to correct it or alter it or change it and maybe sometimes not do anything except just work on the patient's psychological status, prescribing anti-obesity meds and so forth. It's a very multidisciplinary effort for this disease. And so surgery is one part of the picture for this. An obese patient who's never undergone bariatric surgery who comes to a PCP, where in their attempted weight loss journey should a PCP start referring to a bariatric center or to a bariatric program? Absolutely. Great point. Uh, Patients with obesity are searching for answers. They're trying everything to lose weight and get their life back. They're trying everything to take the weight off and be able to walk better and feel less joint pain or to get their diabetes under control or blood pressure under control. Very reasonable is to attempt dietary modifications exercise first. Very reasonable to try anti-obesity meds first. But we know that the most effective and durable treatment for obesity is weight loss surgery or metabolic surgery. And the benefits of it go beyond just losing the weight. It also goes to correcting all these medical problems that are associated with obesity. We know that, for example, a patient with a BMI of 35 or higher with medical issues, that's original criteria 1990s, qualify for weight loss surgery. If they have a BMI above 40, 40 or higher, even without any associated uh, obesity-related issue, they qualify for weight loss surgery. Now there have been a recent change in these guidelines. American Bariatric and Metabolic Society, ASMBS, as well as the IFSO, which is the International Obesity and Metabolic Surgery Society, put up new guidelines based on research. We now believe that patients who have a BMI above 30 with associated medical issues or 35 without any associated medical issues should qualify for bariatric surgery. And more insurance companies are approving this because they understand the burden that obesity brings, not just to the healthcare system and the financial issues that come with that, for the patients. Rho-on-Y gastric bypass leads to diabetes remission up to 50 to 80% of patients. Why would we let a patient suffer with insulin and medications and the cost that comes with that and the burden that comes with that if we have a solution for it, which is through surgery? Delaying the referral, I don't believe is the right thing. I believe if a patient qualifies for weight loss surgery, it is very reasonable early on to have them get referred to a center that does weight loss surgery and they can counsel them. The patient may decide that this is not the best thing for them currently. That's fine. As long as they are properly counseled by a specialist, I think that's only fair for the patient and their families. Dr. Ghanem, what are some takeaways or learning points from today's conversation for a PCP taking care of an obese patient? I believe there are more and more societies that are 
acknowledging the effectiveness or how effective bariatric surgery is. And our partners in primary care who see the patients, know them well, now are more appreciative of this therapeutic modality that we're offering. It requires a lot of efforts from the patient, from the primary care, starting to prepare the patient about this potential option from our endocrinologists, dietitians, psychologists, and from the bariatric surgeon herself or himself. American Diabetes Association also now puts bariatric surgery as the number one treatment for patients with higher BMIs who suffer from diabetes. I believe we need first to have the patients be comfortable talking about obesity, acknowledging that they are suffering from it, acknowledging that they have a higher BMI and that they tried to lose weight and they can't. It's fine. Again, we shouldn't blame them. They shouldn't be feeling responsible that this is what I am now is because of my mistakes. It's it's not. It's because of a, a disease. In fact, the most important factor in obesity is genetics. And there are, again, other, I would say, the sedentary lifestyle or what we call the things that come from our daily practice can push a patient to have a higher class of obesity, one versus the other. But the main issues are things that the patient cannot control herself or himself. So we don't have to blame them. They need to feel that they are being heard, that they are being helped, and that we are here to help them. We are here to support them. There's many modalities now to treat obesity. And even with all of these modalities, we are able to affect 1% of patients who suffer from obesity. So that's the big gap between patients primary cares, and surgical options. And we need to bridge those gaps to help more patients. Ultimate scenario would be utopia, I would say, is to try to start to prevent obesity before it happens. But as a society on both social levels, school levels, governmental levels, we have not been able to succeed in preventing obesity. And rates are just increasing and becoming higher and higher, and about 50% of patients living in the U.S. will suffer from obesity in, by the year of 2050. So we are, unfortunately, not, not succeeding in stopping this pandemic. The target is to, the secondary thing is to try to see how we can prevent its implications. And preventing its implications is by managing obesity. And one of the main and most effective and safe modalities to do that is bariatric surgery. We've been talking about obesity with Dr. Omar Ghanem. Thank you for your time, Dr. Ghanem. Thank you so much for having me and hope to have more of these sessions again. Thank you. If you have enjoyed Mayo Clinic Talks podcast, please follow us as we continue our special series on obesity. If you would like to earn CME credit for this obesity-related series or other Mayo Clinic Talks podcast, please visit ce.mayo.edu. Thank you for listening and tune in next week as we learn more together. Music